going to end my series on provision's purpose. I shared the two Sundays before I left. I've been gone, and, uh, and so I wanted to tie this together and finish this message today on provision's purpose. We've been talking to you about our provision project, our first provision project that we have, and uh, giving you uh, that we're uh, believing for 15,000 to do some things, and we've put it on the screen, and you, you, you know about it, and we'll continue to remind you of it, but I want to finish today some things that I want to encourage you in regarding this truth re- uh, 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 about provision. Um, in my first couple of messages, I tied a couple of things together, and, and one of the things that, that I encouraged you in was found out of Matthew 28, and it was the Great Commission where, where Jesus said to go into all the world and, and, and preach the gospel, to, to see people discipled and delivered and set free. That, that was His Great Commission. And in that commission, what we've taught is to learn to love God, but the more you learn to love God, you'll love people. And the more you learn to love people, you'll love God. And that's where disciples are made out of. You, you, you don't disciple people with just the knowledge of the truth. You, you, you disciple people with the experiential uh, manifestation of the truth working and operating through you. And, and I shared with you and told you the importance of that. And one, one of the verses of Scripture that I want to read to you just that kind of drives that home is in 2 Timothy 4. And um, I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 4. And and just a couple of verses. It says, Good friend, don't forget all I've taught you. Uh, This is verse 3 in uh, chapter 4 of, uh, what is it? 2 Timothy, yeah. It says, good friend, don't forget all that I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long, a a long time and a long life full and well. No, you know what? I'm not reading the right verse. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was thinking, that's a good one, and I'm going to read it in a minute, but that's not the one I had. 2 Timothy 4.3, here it is. This is in the message. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy options that that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, keep your eye on what you're doing, accept the hard times along with the good, keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. Um, In the New King James, it says, be ready in season and out of season. Because, you know, some people can take that passage right there and say that, you know, people, they they were once believing the truth, but then they they got away from the truth. And and it says uh, uh, there'll be times when people have no stomach for solid teaching, They'll fill up on spiritual junk food, 
catchy opinions that uh, tickle their fancy and, and on and on. And you could, think, you, you could think of that in a judgmental way against people. Well, the truth is, that happens when you don't continue in the Word. Because there's so much stuff out there. And everything that is out there in the form of knowledge is a counterfeit of God's Word. And the devil makes things look like they are good. But at the end of the day, truth is what matters. And, and, and I really like the way that, that he worded that at the end. Uh, he said, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good because they're just hard times. You ever been to a place where you, you just didn't know if you wanted to do the word anymore? Feelings, emotions, everybody has emotions and feelings. We all do. I don't care who you are. You have feelings, you have emotions, and there's times when you don't want to do something. But just do it. Just get back up and do it again. Even when it doesn't feel like, even when it maybe feels dry, just keep doing it again. And he said, he said keep the message alive. How do you keep the message alive? What I just told you a minute ago. You want people that gravitate towards you? Just believe what you do. Don't try to make people believe it. Just believe it. Just do it and believe it and continue in it and stay with it and stay faithful to that. And amazing things will come out of that in your and my life. The opportunities. What, did I, what, what, what have I told you since the beginning of the year? This is, this is the season of the door of opportunity being opened. It's a season that we're in. And yet, I feel like God said to me, and I've said this to you, that the door's always been open. But the door will only be open and remain open based on what you believe, and you'll only believe what you continue in. And if you, you get tired of continuing in the Word and you get involved in a bunch of junk food, eh, then you start getting acne and all that kind of stuff. You don't, you don't, you don't want none of that. Come on. huh? We don't want that. Let's stay slim and trim and moving forward. Amen? Let's stay focused on the Word. He said, keep the message alive. Keep it alive in you. Where people want what you have, people gravitate towards you. You don't have to go to Australia for people to gravitate towards you. But if you go to Australia, if you go somewhere, you do something, you do it because God led you. Why? Because you believe in it. Because you prayed, you heard God's voice, and you did that. In the last two years, I've had several opportunities to go places or preach in places or minister in places, and, and it just wasn't right. You know, it just wasn't right. Just, just every opportunity isn't necessarily the right opportunity. But the favor stories on this trip, I mean, I mean, you, you think about it, and it could have, there could have been all kinds of little hiccups on this trip, but because I'm a believer of the Word, I didn't have one, not one hiccup. Not one issue the whole time. Not one thing. Why? Because I'm planted in the house, and the house was praying, and when I went, I took the house. So you all played a part in, 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 in me going and doing what I did, but, but it's the lives of the people that were touched. That's what matters. And the doors of opportunity that appear to be opening, and if, if they're the right doors, we'll step through them and we'll do them, but we just do it because it's right. But you do it, and you get connected to people because you believe what you're doing. That's the key. As you believe, it'll be done for you just the way, same way it was done for the centurion. Amen? Um, the other thing that we talked about 
and I'm just going to kind of drive home today, um, is that we are the church of Jesus Christ, the house of God, and and I'm going to say it like this. God spoke this to me the other day about this, a couple days ago, that we've talked a lot about the house of God, the church of God, the body of Jesus. House of God in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament, and the body is the church. But God spoke this to me that the three are one. And in the New Testament, in the light of the New Testament, the house of God is the place where we meet. The church is who comes to the house. And the body is the expression of the church in the earth. I'm going to say it again. The house is this place. It's here, the house. But it's the house because the church meets here. And when the church comes here, the church realizes that the church, the house of God, is the pillar, the ground of truth. And when the church gets a hold of the truth and they continue in it and they make it a part of their life and they believe in it, then when they go outside these doors, then they prosper in everything that they do. Those who are planted in the house, they flourish in everything else they do. God's desire is for the church to increase. God's desire is for the church to increase. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And verse 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. Is that a good thing? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. Those are the kings. Those are the marketplace. Those are the people that are the church that are doing the work. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, the the priesthood. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. God's blessing on His house, His church, His body, and understanding He's blessing the house of Israel, those who provide provision for the vision, He's blessing the house of Aaron, those who provide vision to those that are acquiring provision. And the key to it is that you increase. And the first law of increase is that we put God first. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm astonished. I don't know why, but I get, I get a lot of like emails and things from people. And I get these emails, I get a lot of emails, or I have lately, and over the last period of time, short period of time, of people that were, quote, Christians, and now they're some other religion. And I think to myself, I don't know. I don't get it. How, how could you, how could you, get off of and get out of at least the life that I know about. 
the God that I know about, the God of the Bible. And, and how, could I, how could I exchange that for some other type of a life? I'll tell you, I just mentioned it to you. They didn't continue. They start eating a bunch of junk food, and they get fat on ideas and, and information, and then all of a sudden, things start seeming to be okay, and you start drifting. Start drifting a little at a time. Are those bad people? Absolutely not. I'm just saying, how can you get yourself in that place? How, 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 can, how can that happen? And, and when we're not, if you're not taught, if I didn't teach you and minister to you how to put God first, who else is going to tell you that? You know what I'm saying? If the, I'm saying if the church doesn't teach it, who else is going to teach it? You can get all kinds of other good information and in, 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 in diff, different forms of higher education and those kind of things will help you to, to learn how if you desire to be a doctor or a lawyer or this or that or whatever it is, and, and you need to get that information. You're not going to get that type of information from the church, but what you get from the church is what will give you a foundation so you can be a lawyer God's way. You can be a doctor God's way. You can be do whatever you do God's way. And it's putting God first. And it's intended for God as he blesses the house of Israel, the kings, the people in the marketplace, that you increase. It's intended for the house to increase, but not separate from the people increasing. First and foremost, the people must increase for the house to increase. God made it that way. And the number one law of increase is that we put God first. That we seek after Him first and foremost. Um, I, I want to read this passage. I wanna, actually, I want to read this. I'm going to read it in, in two places. I mean, two different translations. Matthew 6 and verse 30. <clears throat> and, and what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew, he, he's, he's talking about the things of the world. All the different ideas and things that the world has and, and, and the world's way of thinking concerning our needs being met and things being taken care of in our life. And I want to read this in the Amplified Translation, and then I also want to read it in the Message Translation, Matthew 6. <clears throat> and the Amplified says, verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more, everybody say much more, not just a little more, not just more, he said much more, Surely clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, What are we going to have to eat? Or what are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? For the Gentiles, the heathen, wish for and crave and diligently seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that they need them all. God knows what you and I have need of. But seek Aim at, this verse 33, seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all. Everybody say first. 
First of all, His kingdom and righteousness, which is His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. They'll be added to you. What things? Whatever. You can put whatever in that passage. He talks about clothing. He talks about uh, the, the, the little, watching the flowers and how beautiful they are. And I mean, they don't worry. They don't fret. They don't try to make stuff happen. I mean, they just come out beautiful. And they're here today, gone tomorrow. How much more are you worth than the flowers? And He'll take care of everything in your life when you learn that worry will not get it done. And you're not going to get it done without His wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Can you say amen to that? Now, I like this in the message. <clears throat> Verse 30. God, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. That's what I'm trying to get you to do too. (laughs) To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. As you do what? You put Him first. Right? The first law of increase is we put God first. And when we do that and we honor God in that way, everything else is taken care of. Everything else is ministered to. Can you say amen to that? Um, I really like this in, and I'm going I'm to read this in the Amplified and the Message both also. And it's found in 2 Corinthians 9. And we're going to start with verse 5. 2 Corinthians 9 and 5. And then I'm going to read that in the Message the same way. He says this in verse 5. That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brethren, because what, what Paul was doing here is he was teaching them the benefit of giving into the kingdom of God. He was teaching them that. That's what we're doing with these provision projects. We're talking about the benefit. See, no, 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 nobody's, you're sitting here today and listening to me, but no, nobody's forcing you, and you'll see the wording here is exactly the way I see it. If I don't give you the opportunity and I don't teach you why the opportunity is important, then you're not going to know the benefits that are involved. So as a result of that, think about this as I, as I read this passage. Paul says this, because he was teaching them about, the, about how to give and why you need to be involved in giving when there's opportunities to give toward the kingdom of God. That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brethren to go to you before I, before I do and make arrangements in advance for this bountiful, promised gift of yours 
so that it may be ready not as an extortion wrung out of you, but as a, a generous and willing gift. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Now, I want to make a point about that verse right there. Some people see that verse as talking about a small offering versus a great offering towards a large offering. Notice he talked about sparingly and grudgingly. The sparingly is, is the giving something because you have to and it means absolutely nothing and you're doing it because you feel like somebody's forcing you to do it. And he said, you'll reap the same way. There's no reason to give that way. And this passage of Scripture is really clear. It's one of my favorite passages because it's so clear. Because verse 7 says this, Let each one give as he's made up in his own mind and purposed in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. <laughs> There's nothing coerced or forced in that kind of giving right there. Amen? Now watch what he says happens to that type of a giver. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances, whatever the need, be self-sufficient, Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. How many says that's a good thing right there? And how, where does that come from? A person that's given an opportunity to sow, they pray and they do what God says. That's it. That's what he's talking about. Now, listen to this in the Amplified. <clears throat> so to make sure that there will be no slip-up, I've recruited these brothers as an advance team to get you and your promised offering all ready before I get there. This is Paul saying it to the church at Corinth. I want you to have all the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anyone forced or hurried at the last minute. That's why we're doing these projects from now on and not just a one-time offering. We're just giving you the opportunity to sow when you want to, your way, when you decide, when you've made up in your own mind that that's what you're going to do. And, and we, we've set like a time period by June to see this thing done, but we're just giving you the opportunity to sow to make this piece of property look better and things in, enhanced so that other people will come and like what they see. Can you say amen? And see, if your natural tool is right, and, and, and people in the natural that don't necessarily know about coming because of the Word, if they like what they see, and they come, and they get the Word, then it changes their life. Amen? He said, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. I really like some of the wording. 
in, in the Message Bible. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Man, come on, someone shout amen to that. That's what God's preparing. And, and, and I shared with you, can you put the Matthew 8, 13 up there for me? I've shared this with you over the last probably month or month and a half. God just spoke this to me really, really clear. And Jesus said to the centurion, what had happened in this story, if you don't know the story, is that this Roman centurion came to Jesus and he said that I have a servant that is sick. I mean, he was like to the point of death. And he said, uh, he said I, 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 I need you, you know, to speak over him. And Jesus offered to come to his house. He said, no, I don't need you to come. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said the greatest faith that he found in all of Israel not in the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the religious people of the day. The greatest faith that he found was in a Roman centurion who was a man who was under authority, but he operated in authority from the authority that he was under. And he said, all you, all you have to do is speak the word. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Uh, one translation says his servant was healed instantly. Why? Because he believed. And, and, and what I'm saying to you today is, as I'm sharing some things with you as, as I have in the other two messages in this, as you believe what I'm saying and you choose to do it, then what's going to happen to you is God's blessing is going to come on you and overtake you as a result of you believing in your seed sowing. Not arm twisting or sob stories or any kind of thing like that. You doing it, we're just giving you the opportunity to sow and as you do it, see what it produces in your life. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> um, so I want to end today with this passage found in Proverbs chapter 3 and I'm going to read it in two translations also I, I, so as I, as I was looking I always look at different translations but as I was looking at these different translations the translation said everything I wanted to say so I thought why reinvent the wheel uh, just uh, read what the Word says. Amen? The Word's saying everything that was in my heart. So that's why I'm reading you these translations. So Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm going to read uh, 10 verses here. I'm going to read this in the New King James first. My son, do not forget my law or my word, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Mm. That's, that's, that's the benefit of the church, of the, the pillar of truth that the church is, is the teaching of the word that caused you to live long life. And the Amplified says, the Amplified in, the, in that passage says, length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, and continuing through old age until death, these shall they add to you. Amen? This continual life worth living that God has for us. Verse 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's what the word does, causes favor. I saw such great favor in my trip to Australia, such great favor because of what I believe. Now, does that sound prideful? Does that sound prideful that favor happened because I believe the word? And I just think about that for a minute. 
Because some people could hear that as being like I'm saying, you know, I've got something, you know, and I believe better than everybody. I didn't say, I just said I believed. And as a result of it, favor was everywhere. And that's what God says. If you believe the word, if the word is alive in you and you believe it, it says right here, so you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. I saw that, I saw that all along the way in my trip. High esteem with God and man. Notice it wasn't just with God, but it's with man also. Those kind of things happen because people gravitate towards people that believe in what they're doing. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You won't honor the Lord with your possessions. You won't honor him with first fruit offerings and things that God's telling you to do. You won't put God first if you don't have what verse 1, 2, and 3 says. Verse 1 says not to forget the word of God, to keep his commands. Verse 3 says, let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, Write them on the tablet of your heart. Make it, make it a part of your life. And as a result of that, you'll, you, you will obey God's word and honor God in the tithe and offerings. You'll do that. You'll honor God that way because you desire to please him, not just doing something to try to get God to do something for you. When I believe this, that's when all of what God's already set up for me manifests and it, and it, and it releases in my life and in your life. When we believe the word, all these other things will happen when we believe it. Now I want to read this um, in the Message Bible. I have these in perfect order. And then I didn't. <clears throat> Good friend, this is verse 1 of Proverbs 3. Don't forget all I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long time, a long life lived full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. I'm going to read that again. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and in the eyes of people. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and in the eyes of people. People aren't going to always like what you do. When you stand for the truth, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to love you. They'll either love you or hate you. But they'll respect you. What he's talking about right here is not people that agree with every little thing you do, so you live your life compromising, try to get everybody happy with what you're doing. That's not what he's talking about here. As you live the truth, people will honor you. And they'll respect you. 
people gravitate towards people that believe in something, right? When I, in my growing up days in New Mexico, about 30 miles, 35 miles from the, from the Juarez border, you know, in El Paso, um, there was a lot of, even in my, in my upbringing, in my high school years, there was a lot of mafia, even in the high schools. There were junior mafia groups and all this kind of thing that went on in our, in, within our town uh, and, and in, in our surrounding area there. And there were a lot of people that gravitated towards that, towards the mafia and towards the underground and, and the people that were, that were in and out of Mexico and, and, and dealing a lot of different exchanges in the drug world and, the, and even in those days, the human trafficking world and all that kind of thing. There was a lot of things that went on, but people gravitated toward it because the people that presented it to them, they presented a belief. They believed in what they were doing. How much more should we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and what we're doing in the kingdom of God? How much more? How much more should we believe that? I'm telling you, as we're believers and we believe people gravitate toward us, does that mean that other people could be, could be pulled out of ugly situations and situations in life that are causing them to, to be destroyed because you believe something? People gravitate towards you that they've been presented with these other things, but then they see a belief in you, in the things of God, and they start moving towards you, and that means they move away from the other things. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be truth magnets. People move towards you because you believe. Amen? Trust God from the bottom of your heart, verse 5 of Proverbs 3. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything that you own. Give Him the first and the best. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. And as a result, your barns will burst. What's a barn to us? What do you do? Where are your possessions in bank accounts and in investments and in, in land and whatever it is? He said, if you, if you'll, if you will, this, I'm, this is God saying it. This isn't me. I'm telling you. If you will give him the first and the best, then your barns will burst and your vine and, and your wine vats will brim over, will pour over. That's what God said. So in, 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 in our world today, the things that we set our hand to will advance and will increase 
And we, we will increase more and more, and our children will increase more and more. It'll filter down from you to your children when you give God your first and your best. When you honor God with your first and you give Him your best, then He sets you up for things in life that your mind never even dreamed of. Now, today I want to, I just, I'm, I'm going to end with a couple of thoughts. Um, everybody has different ideas and have different backgrounds and where you came from. So a message in a series like what I've, these three messages that I've shared on this with you, um, some of you can receive it 100%. Some of you can receive about 80% of it. Some maybe about 50 or 60% of it. Some about 30. <clears throat> some about 10. Maybe some you're just kind of scratching. And, um, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is the fact that you heard something that you can do something with. You can decide for yourself. And every scripture that I read to you today was about you deciding for yourself. It's not about anybody else. It's not about what anybody else is doing. It's not about whether you're to sow into this or not sow into it. It's about what God tells you. That's what matters. <clears throat> and um, I think in the world, we, we, in, in the world, we have a tendency in, our, in, in life, we have a tendency to focus on things that haven't happened in our life. And the more you focus on what hasn't happened, the more you disqualify a belief system for today and the future. Paul said this. And this is, this is a, Paul is one of, one of the greatest preachers, um, uh, the writers of the New Testament, and he was a, he was a, he murdered Christians. That was his lifelong goal, and he was doing it because he believed he was honoring God. He was on some junk food. Huh? He was listening to some junky teaching, some wrong stuff, killing Christians, and he thought he was honoring God. But he got set free. Jesus came and spoke to him, and he liberated him and made him free. And as a result of that, he spent his life helping other people to see clearly and to know the truth. <clears throat> and you and I today, we have opportunity in the truth to let the truth change some of the ways that we think. Maybe something hasn't happened in the past. Well, you know what? I sowed an offering one time and nothing happened. Well, God wants you to take the challenge today from the Word and you go to the Word and you allow the Word to challenge you in what you're to do in, in the next weeks and months ahead. And, and this isn't just one phase. There'll be many phases. We just give you the opportunity. Whenever you want to sow, you can. And God wants you not to base today and your future on your past. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling that's in Christ. I, I want to do what he wants, not what my emotions and my mind try to convince me of. God wants to liberate you and set you free of things of the past, but he wants you to increase 
more and more, you and your children. And when you obey the word and you do what the word says, and you follow through in your sowing in that way, it produces something in life for you that you've never seen before. And I just encourage everybody to take these three words. You, you know, you can go to the website, you can download these or listen to them, and, and they're all free, all these messages are, they don't cost you a dime. Just go listen to them and go back and, and, and spend some time thinking and asking God. You got, remember, remember what it said, we want you to have all the time in the world. We want you to make up in your own mind that this is right for you and then for you to do it and obey that. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing more. No one's ever going to check up on you. No one's ever going to ask you the question, did you sow any of that kind of stuff? Never, ever, ever, ever. But you had to hear it from me and you had to hear it from the Word so you could make up in your own mind, is this what I want to do and want to be a part of? Amen? It's a great day. And I am so glad to be back in Kerrville, Texas. yippee yay, yay Amen? I'm telling you, I'm so glad to be here. There's no place like home. And I so appreciate this church and all of you that are here and that are a part of this church body. And so glad that you want to be here. I mean, you wouldn't be here today unless you wanted to be. I'm so glad you want to be here. And, and I'm so excited about the increase in your life and the opportunities that are coming your way and how your mind is becoming more and more clear today than, ne than ever before. Opportunities are there for the taking. Can you say amen?